Welcome to the EAU podcast series on metastatic renal cell carcinoma. In this first episode, we are joined by Andrea Murray, Assistant Professor and Urologist at Correggi University Hospital in Florence, Italy. Also, Katan Bedani, Professor of Urology, Ikhan School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, Vice Chairman of Urology and Robotic Operations, Director of the Comprehensive Kidney Cancer Center and Reconstructive Urology at Mount Sinai Health System and Chief Surgical Innovation and Strategy, Mount Sinai West and Morningside Hospitals in New York, United States. Together, they will discuss the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy for metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Join us as we embark on this informative journey. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Today, we will discuss the latest developments in the treatment of metastatic renal cell carcinoma with special regards to the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy. My name is Andrea Mari, and I am a urologist at University of Florence in Italy. And today, I'm joined by Professor Ketan Badani. Professor Badani is Professor of, Uro- of Urology at Ikan School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and Director of Robotic Surgery at Mount Sinai West. Director of the Comprehensive Kidney Cancer Program at Monsanto Health System. Professor Badani has an incredibly wide expertise in kidney cancer, and uh, I'm sure he will surely add a fantastic perspective to our discussion today. Thank you, Dr. Mari, for having me. It's truly an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Professor Badani. I have a first question for you. Uh, renal cell carcinoma ranks third neurologic cancer deaths, with 20% of cases that are metastatic at diagnosis. So the advances in biomarker knowledge have prompted new target treatments, spurring debate on the value of cytoreductive nephrectomy amid these therapies. My question so is, uh, what are the mechanisms underlying the benefit of cytoreductive nephrectomy? Sure. Thank you for the question. And I think uh, we're going to dive into, you know, this complex area of cytoreduction and and what makes sense and what doesn't. We know that we don't know the exact mechanism explaining the rationale. But as it remains unclear, one of the one of the hypotheses and one that I still believe is true is that cytoreductive nephrectomy may be able to block this exogenous growth inhibition and angiogenic factors that are produced by these obviously very prolific cells of renal cell carcinoma. And if you remove the primary tumor, you may relieve this immunological um, cascade of events that happen, which will promote growth, metastasis, and progression. To say it another way, it's the mothership phenomenon, as I say it, right? The mother spaceship, if you take it out, all the satellite spaceships are now weakened and potentially have vulnerability to systemic therapy that they wouldn't have if the strong signals from the mothership were still there. So this is what happens. There is another theory where when you remove the kidney, a kidney, you do get a azotemia resulting in systemic acidosis or at least subclinical acidosis, alters the tumor microanatomy, alters the tumor microenvironment, and potentially could inhibit metastatic growth. Okay, thank you very much. That's very interesting. So let's move on a clinical point of view. According to the randomized clinical trial evidence, uh, what are the benefits of cytoreductive nephrectomy in the era of target therapy in kidney cancer? Sure. 
We know about the two randomized clinical trials that have been published in the last decade that have really made our community, the urologic oncology community, think twice about cytoreductive nephrectomy, Carmena trial and Sirtime trial. We have talked a lot about these two trials, and there's a lot of pros. You know, randomized trials are very difficult to do and to, to, to conduct and complete, and these were well-done trials, but there's a lot of cons. So much has happened with systemic therapy for renal cell carcinoma that these trials quickly become outdated, right? So the point of these trials was to determine the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy of metastatic kidney cancer in the targeted therapy era. Carmena demonstrated, if you if you recall, that sunitinib alone was non-inferior. It was a non-inferiority trial to cytoreductive nephrectomy followed by sunitinib in terms of overall survival. So the Carmina trial was heavily weighted toward poor-risk patients, which may explain why the non-inferiority endpoint was achieved. In your opinion, from a clinical perspective, what conclusions uh, can be drawn regarding patient outcomes and treatment efficacy? Yeah, so, so from a Carmina trial standpoint, what we see is, you're right, there were a lot of poor-risk patients in this group. Specifically, I believe it was 44% were MSKCC-defined poor-risk. This is almost half the patients. So I think the conclusion that the community as a, as a whole drew from this is that there are still patients that can benefit from cytoreductive nephrectomy. There are many patients who may never benefit from cytoreductive nephrectomy. And how do we individualize or how do we establish proper risk models to ensure optimal individualized treatment in these metastatic cancer patients. It's very interesting your point of view, and uh, I mean I fully agree with you. Uh, so let's move about the other uh, very important trial, the sur time trial. The sur time trial uh, has been designed as a superiority phase three trial that compared deferred cytoreductive nephrectomy after sunitinib treatment to immediate cytoreductive nephrectomy in patients with intermediate risk clear cell uh, metastatic renal cell carcinoma. But uh, due to the slow enrollment, the expected number of patients has not been achieved. And this study uh, was uh, terminated uh, with uh, um, achieving only 98 patients. So um, what are the most important limitations of this trial, uh, also beyond these, its simple size? Yeah, I mean, Surtime, Surtime suffered from the same fate that Carmena suffered, which is they did have very poor accrual, as you correctly pointed out. But other important constraints of the trial is that this was really a clear cell um, metastatic renal cell carcinoma cohort. And so you're limiting it to one of the subtypes. That being said, right, the study did show that deferred cytoreductive nephrectomy was associated with improved overall survival compared to immediate cytoreductive nephrectomy in patients with intermediate risk disease. So Sirtime did have a lot of crossover, same as Carmena, right? There was noncompliance. 12 out of the 100 patients didn't get what they were supposed to get, which in a study with 99 patients is a big, you know, is a big number. So the crossover does contaminate the findings of this trial. But that being said, if you look at this intermediate risk group, perhaps there was a benefit in the cytoreductive arm. Thank you very much. Another important point to address uh, is that clinical relevance of both Carmina and short-time trials is limited by the fact that sunitinib is no longer the standard of care for metastatic renal cell carcinoma today. 
And newer therapies uh, we all, all know have been introduced, such as Nivo-EP, Pembroxetinib, or Pembrolimvatinib. Yeah, I mean, the problem is right now, and as we talked about it, these systemic therapy, these IO options have evolved since the era of Carmina and Surtime. So right now, we don't have any results from other, any of the randomized clinical trials that are evaluating cytoreductive nephrectomy and IOs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And about that, let's speak about the retrospective evidence uh, that examined the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy in the context of patients treated with immunotherapies for metastatic RCC. We would discuss a study from the IMDC consortium. Uh, Professor Badani, can you share with us the key findings of this study? Absolutely. So the IMDC, uh, which is the International Metastatic Renal Cell Carcinoma Database Consortium, big, big group, but retrospective study design. But what this study looked at and found was that cytoreductive nephrectomy before or after systemic therapy was associated with better outcomes in metastatic renal cell carcinoma patients compared with those who didn't undergo cytoreductive nephrectomy. So yes, there are biases because it's a retrospective study, it's a registry, there isn't randomization, but it's the first large data set that looks at proper IO therapy and shows a benefit in patients who undergo cytoreduction. Uh, that's very intriguing. And what are, were the patient profiles in this study? Yeah, I mean, the patients who did not have surgery, they were in the non-cytoreductive nephrectomy arm, were older. And again, this makes sense, right? If you think about a retrospective study, it's the patients that are less fit. They're older. They had a higher incidence of bone metastasis, so they had a little bit more disease burden. Those who did get surgery were generally younger and a smaller amount of them were having poor risk disease, uh, according to the criteria that the IMDC used. Now, again, this gets back to the point and underscores the necessity for careful patient selection. There are still, and although we don't have it figured out, there are still patients that are going to benefit from cytoreductive nephrectomy and patients who will not. And I think we're starting to see in these studies, it's perhaps the better performance status patients, it's perhaps the younger patients, less disease burden, right? The clinical acumen that you think in your head, I think we're going to start seeing that happening as these trials come, come to life. Okay, thank you very much. That's a very valuable point. Now let's discuss about another study, another retrospective study edited by Dr. Akimi, which involved a multicenter collaboration from U.S. What does this study add to our understanding, in, in your opinion? Yeah, Dr. Hakimi's multicenter study, which was done from the United States here, um, really showed that uh, successful nephrectomy after immunotherapy, and they defined this as what, what was called a bifecta, which is negative margins and no major complications from surgery, did correlate with a longer progression-free survival and better outcomes, especially if there was downstaging from this systemic therapy. This suggests immunotherapy may facilitate making surgery better and safer in patients that are getting systemic therapy up front. So I have a final question for you. Consider your extensive experience in robotic surgery. Should cytoreductive nephrectomy be performed robotically when technically feasible? And do you think that a minimally invasive approach may improve morbidity and affect the midterm course of these patients? <laughs> 
Well, I think you already know the answer to my, uh, the answer I'm going to give you. But the truth is, the reason why we do minimally invasive surgery at all for kidney cancer is because the patients have, uh, they have less trauma to the body, so the recovery is better, the complication rates are lower, they're in the hospital less. And so these are the same reasons that we should apply to cytoreductive nephrectomy. Why should it be any different? We're achieving the same oncological endpoints, whether it's robotic, lap, open, but perhaps the physiology, the recovery of a patient that has less invasive surgery will get them primed to get back on systemic therapy faster. So although I don't have randomized data to, to prove this, I definitely see the patients we treat with robotic cytoreductive nephrectomy getting back to systemic therapy much faster than the patients who have open cytoreductive nephrectomy. Okay, so thank you again for this valuable comment. And thank you very much for sharing your insights and your time, Professor Badani. Really a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I would like to thank you also our colleagues uh, for having joined our podcast today. Uh, in conclusion, both the Carmina and Surtime trials have provided valuable information on the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy uh, for the treatment of metastatic renal cell carcinoma. However, I mean, it's essential to understand that patient selection plays a critical role in determining the best course of action for each individual. As new therapies, as, as uh, treatment options continue to emerge, the landscape of metastatic renal cell carcinoma treatment is likely to evolve, and further research will be necessary to optimize patient care. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We hope that our discussion has provided you with a better understanding of the latest developments in the treatment of RCC and the role of cytoreductive nephrectomy. Thank you for an insightful episode. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will be exploring first-time treatment surgeries for metastatic renal cell carcinoma featuring Assistant Professor Andrea Mari and Dr. Laura Marandino. To keep up with the latest EAU podcasts and stay informed on urological advancements, be sure to subscribe to our EAU podcast channel on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep learning and stay inspired.